0: Welcome to The Health Coach Show, a podcast about changing behaviours and creating healthier habits. I'm Siobhan
1: Khan, And I'm Sharon Curtin. And we're both dietitians and accredited health coaches.
0: In today's podcast, we are talking about goals, how to nail your New Year's resolutions. So goals,
1: what are goals, Sharon? Well, goals are really something we want to achieve. So it could be you know, I want to go for a walk today. That could be a goal or a goal could be, I want to run a marathon or a goal could be, I want to be a better parent. So essentially a goal is just something that we desire, something that we want, something we want to achieve.
0: Yeah. There's a quote from Austin in Vancouver, which is the goals are internal representations of desired end states. So as you said, it's just something that we commit to in order to get a result, something that we want. Yeah. yeah, and uh, but we don't always
1: use the word goals, do we? We're not always like, I'm going to set a goal. <laughs> we don't, and actually I do not like the word goal. I find it, personally, I find it a very stressful word. What goal are you going to set um, compared to what would you like to achieve Or what action would you like to take? Or what's your first step? Which are all goals. So I think there are people who love a goal. They love to set a goal. They love to tick it off. They love to achieve it. And there are other people, as soon as you say that word goal, they will run in the other direction and you almost see them shut down. And there's a lot of programs that that offer health coaching and there's a lot of health professionals who go, right, let's set a goal. And I think for a lot of people, that throws them off. It somehow formalizes the, you know, the whole process instead of just, you know, okay. So what's the next step? What are you working on this week? What do you want to achieve? Mm,
0: Yeah, exactly. No, definitely can throw a lot of people off, and some people have been, even in my experience, confused by it. They're thinking about a soccer goal, or you, (laughs) or it could be as you say stressful, like especially if it's associated with the workplace and they've had to set goals in the workplace and. Um, as opposed to just, as you say, like some more relaxed language around what is it you want, well, you know, what what would you like to work towards, what would you like to achieve, what matters to you. Um, breaking it down like that, uh, people can feel, okay, yeah, I, I can relate to that, I understand that, I can work towards something that I want what I want to achieve, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, sometimes it, it's what we want to achieve and so when we say the word goal, There, you know, all you think of is all these structures, and um, there seems this formality to it rather than a personal, like a personalization. Another thing that's really interesting about goals is that goals can be based on an outcome. You know, I want to run a marathon, or um, I want to sleep eight hours every night, or it could be a behavior, and a behavior would be, you know, I'm going to walk every day at 6 a.m. So, Siobhan, how have you found those sort of outcomes in your practice with clients? How have you found those to sort of um, play out? I think a lot of people come in with outcome goals. Um,
0: but the interesting thing is too, like you, you can't action outcomes. I think the typical one is people come to me and they say, I want to lose weight. Well, you can't action losing weight or, you know, I want to, I want to lose 10 kilograms. Well, that's not a behavior. That's an outcome. Um, so what we have to do really is we have to work out, all right, well, what is the big goal? What is the, and even with those outcome goals, I still uh, question them and we go bigger than that too. We go, okay, what do you really want though? Okay. If weight loss is a goal, but what do you really want? What's your big goal? What's your vision? What's, you know, the big overarching driver, um, and, and then we sort of map that out, what that looks like, what that feels like. And then the behavioural goals that sit under that are, are all the things that we can action, all the behaviours we can take that will result in us getting outcomes, whether that is more energy, whether that's a more content life, whether that's feeling more relaxed and free around food, whether that, you know, there's all different outcomes obviously that that you map out with someone. But as I said before, it's really important to um separate those behavioral goals versus those outcome goals
1: yeah and that simple exercise of that sort of vision setting and and looking at the big picture of what someone wants what we find when we do that is we create that that beautiful um, emotional connection to a goal. So instead of someone coming in with, I need to do X, you know, I want, um, you know, I have to change things. I can't go on like this. All of a sudden they, by, by taking the time to, you say like uncover what's, what do they really want in life? And you know, why, so why run a marathon? What, what, what does that to you, why why is that an important goal to you? And then we might find there's a bigger goal of living and aging and being fit and active for their grandchildren, and you know wanting wanting to travel and live a big life, and they want to do an Iron Man. You know, there's there's so much that comes into a really really you know simple goal like I want to be fitter or I want to run a marathon. Not that running a marathon is a simple goal by any means. Um, and I think when we we get people to start to look. At you know, what what do they what do they really want? They can find goals that are meaningful to them and they can find goals that are going to give them more of what they want in life. And those are the things, of course, that we value. Mm-hmm. And I think this that that point, Sharon, is this is our role as coaches
0: because people, you know, they come to us with a particular goal in mind. But sometimes they haven't gone big picture enough. They go, okay, I want to I'll run a marathon. Um, but they haven't thought about, you know, what the reason is. Is it because it's about identity it's about them showing up as a leader? Is it about them proving it to themselves that when they put their mind to something, they can achieve it? You know, what does it, you know, really mean for them? And how does that fit in with who they are as a person, that optimal version of themselves, their values, their why? And so our, co- our role as coaches is to help a client get real clarity on their goals and their vision and get that big picture. Um, It may be potentially to move someone from that external goal, um, which, you know, I want to lose weight for a wedding or something like that. Um, And, you know, obviously we support them with the external goal, but we we help them to get that whole um, bird's eye view and to create a lot of meaning behind what they want, which we know that when we help them to create these really meaningful goals and um, uh, where they're really sort of connected to their values and their and their vision and, and what matters to them, they're more likely to succeed with those goals. And, you know, our role as coaches isn't just to help people set goals, it's to help them to strive for these goals and be successful with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of people come in with with one idea of what they should be working on And through that process, we actually discover there's something that's more meaningful that they really do want to work on. You know, they come in and they've been told that they have to change their diet um, and it feels very big, it feels very overwhelming. But when we dig underneath that, we discover what they really want, which is to feel well and to have more energy. And then actually the way that they're going to feel well and have more energy is by getting back into the the pool and doing swimming, which is something that they love. So the goal changes from I'm here to change my diet to, oh, I want to go swimming again, you know, and there's this beautiful movement um, and emotion that goes with that when we turn from a should goal uh, into an I want to goal. Mm, Exactly. And that determines,
0: yeah, success with goals. So those yeah, the shoulds goals are way less likely to to happen than the as you said that I want these goals well, this is really important to me. So I guess that the key things with whether our um, whether we're likely to success with our, be successful with our goals or you know our clients be successful with our goals are that link with that big picture of what our clients want or what we want and why. Um, that we're really sort of internally motivated, or our clients are internally motivated, they value it, you know, they they enjoy the behavior for the sake of the behavior, um, or the rewards that they get from it. Um, that it the other elements too are that it's matched with their stage of change as well. So that's an interesting thing too, isn't it, Sharon? Because sometimes we think about goals as just, you know, um. A very sort of specific thing I want to walk, you know, in the mornings on the way to work or something like that. But because people are at different stages of change, goals
1: can look different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And when when someone comes in to a health professional, doesn't have to be a health coach, be any type of health professional, we often have an expectation that they are going to leave with a goal that is an action step. So maybe they've come in and they're wanting to exercise more and our expectation is they are going to leave with a plan to walk every morning, you know, at 7 a.m. Whereas because of stages of change, not everyone is going to be ready to take action. Some people are only ready to start thinking about the goal or start weighing up if it's worthwhile and start connecting to what it's going to give them if they actually do the behavior. And so those earlier stages of change, you know, our contemplation and and even, you know, even pre-contemplation, they're not going to be taking action by the time they leave the consultation. So a goal for someone in the really early stages of change is sometimes just tracking something to create an awareness. It could be just noticing your thoughts. It might be uh, simply, you know, doing a bit of research about something, talking to a friend who's given up alcohol and how did they do it? So it's really, it's almost kind of um, discovery in those early stages of change.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then when we've supported a client to come up with that that's still goal, inverted commas, um, match for that stage of change, they're going to be more likely to achieve it. You know, as you said, a pre contemplative or a contemplated client, let's say a pre-contemplated client, they may have moved to, all right, well, I might read something about it to see if it actually is relevant to me or important to me. And they come back to the next session, they said, oh, I did read it. And it could be, let's chat about it more. You know, that's been a successful goal, that it was matched with their stage of change you know, where they're ready, to, they're ready to actually maybe read something to see whether they may want to change, and they read it and they moved forward a little bit. Um, and the same as you said with going and doing some tracking, someone's m- not ready to necessarily change, but they're ready to track the behaviour. They're ready to track um, their thoughts associated with the behaviour, and they come back in and they've tracked it and they've noticed some things about themselves, and that's been a successful goal. Um, so it doesn't, as you say, it doesn't have to be that whole sort of concrete you know, uh, goal that's like a SMART goal, which we'll talk about next. So some of you may have heard of SMART goals, probably a a few of you by now, and there's different ways of describing it. But the the quite typical way of describing a SMART goal is it's an acronym. So specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-framed. So, you know, it's it's a quite specific, like I want to go three walks for 15 minutes, 9am starting from tomorrow um it's measurable that's achievable because this person maybe already does one walk uh it's relevant because their whole goal was around getting fitness getting so fit fitter and feeling like they've got more energy and showing up as a fit dad for their kids um and it's time framed. it's starting from tomorrow and we're going to review the goal in a week or two um, so those goals can be really valuable, those kind of SMART goals, particularly when you've got people in that sort of stage of change, that's maybe a preparation or an action stage of change. Um, it's it's a behavioural type goal. So we can come back in and we can go, did this SMART goal work? Was it right? Um, Sharon, anything you
1: want to add on that SMART goal? Absolutely. I think... We're all, we're all kind of given this smart goal framework as the gold standard of goal setting. You know, every goal should be a smart goal. And I think we need to recognise that smart goal, the smart goal framework is a really useful one because if we don't set specific goals, we can't know if we're achieving them. But I've also seen smart goals, one, you know, if it's, it's something like, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to um, do some research on smoking and the effects on your body or something like that. We don't need to turn that into a smart goal. And in fact, trying to structure that into SMART goal is, is probably going to put a lot of pressure on our clients. Then if we've got someone who um who's sitting in front of us and they're saying, you know, I really want to, you know, to your to your goal, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to start walking. And then we say, oh great. So how long do you think you'd walk for? And how many days a week? And when are you ready to start? That's a way of making it a SMART goal without having to sit there and and explain to someone what a SMART goal is. And I have seen this actually (laughs) demonstrated, which was horrific, you know, someone actually saying, "Now, let's turn this into a SMART goal. It needs to be specific. How could we make this specific? How could we measure? And, And the poor client was just so confused, whereas I think we don't need to educate. Our clients about what a SMART goal is, but we do need to make sure that if it is that sort of later stage of change and they're they're taking steps towards doing something that we do work through the goal in a way that makes it specific so that we know if it's measurable, so we know which so they've thought about which days of the week they're going to walk, they've thought about where they're going to walk, they've thought about how long it's going to take them, and whether they're doing it before work, whether they're doing it after work. Um, and then of course what we move into next is the action plan to support a SMART goal. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And that
0: action plan is crucial in terms of a goal success. And obviously, again, if you have a goal that's from an earlier stage of change, you're not going to have a very detailed action plan. It just might be like, how would you like to track? What would you like to, you know, are you going to use an app or write it down? Like it might be one or two steps. Um, But when you have got uh, more of a SMART goal and you've got more of a concrete goal, um, an action plan is, I think, crucial in the success of your goal. It really is about all those steps that are needed to facilitate change. It's about breaking it down in terms of, okay, what's the first thing you need to do in order for this goal to happen? What do you need to organise? What do you need to get planned? How, you know, what reminders do you need? Um, you know, what's, what do you need to do when we get off the call? What can you do right now on the, on the, in the consultation or in the call? Is there something you can do to, to you know, plan or put a reminder in your phone or, or whatnot? Um, it's all the vital steps. And we even get people to visualise this when we're creating action plans. Okay, so your plan is to walk tomorrow morning. What needs to happen in order for you to get up at 6am to go for that walk? And then what needs to happen and then what needs to happen and what thoughts are going to ma- make it more likely that it's going to happen and what might get in the way. And, we, you know, and, and is there anything that, if that did get in the way, what would you do? What's your what if plan? What's your backup plan? Um, so a really, really detailed plan is, as I I think it's crucial in terms of um, making a goal much more successful.
1: Yeah, I think. When I think back to the days that I used to work um, in clinics as a dietitian, I would really never do the action plan. I would probably leave it at the goal was to um, start walking in the mornings, you know, and you'd you'd leave it there because you'd be so excited that they decided to take action. And um, we now know that, great, you know, even some of the SMART goal would have been more useful and then even more useful from that would have been really breaking it down into the action steps just the way you've talked about, you know, what do you need to do? What do you need to prepare um, what might get in the way, what are you going to do about that, who can support you. So we know that the action plan, we, we often talk about watertight action plans, which is we try to think of everything to set someone up for success. And the beauty of having an action plan is when it doesn't work out the way you hoped it would work out, you get to go back to that action plan and work out where the gaps in the steps were and where you need to amend that action plan. So it actually is one that's watertight.
0: Mm, yep, yeah, absolutely and, and sometimes I think health professionals feel like they're they don't want to do this because they feel like it's what is it dumbing down you know the process or something or they feel like a client doesn't want to be taken through each one of these steps but I've worked with everybody in every element and walk of life like 20 years of something like I've n- never had a client go why are we doing this like my clients love it like they 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 love the fact and they get used to it now and they get used to us talking about, okay, and whatnot. And they said, you know, it's great Sean, because I get clarity of mind, like in your sessions and I've got so much going on. I'm so busy. I'm like right into a meeting after coaching. So if we don't do this, I've got to do this work somehow in my busy schedule, as opposed to getting it done with you in the allocated time. And I know exactly what I'm going to do. I've actually already got the thoughts in place that are going to help me to, to achieve this goal. I've already got the plan for the, the possible, you know, setback or or trigger or whatever that might happen. Um, so we're helping the client to do the work in that time
1: so that it's just a lot easier for them on the other side. And it's, it's a roadmap. We say that we're creating a roadmap for the plan, for the goal. So their goal, you know, if you're going to go on a great overseas adventure Uh, you need to define where you're going, which country you're going to, and then you need to work out what what needs to happen. You know, you need to get your passport sorted out. You need to work out if there's visas. And, of course, you would do all of those things. And so it's exactly the same with um, someone who sets a goal and that action planning. And as, as health professionals, because we know what needs to happen in order for this goal to be successful that's what we can ask questions around so it's not unhelpful as you said people love it they're used to it and it does set them up for success because nothing comes up that they hadn't not factored in because we we so thoroughly look at um you know what what might crop up and what are you going to do about it if it does so we really set people up for success. And if you just set a goal and you don't do the action planning, it is very unlikely you will succeed at that goal. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Which which
0: I guess brings us to the next point, which is, you know, when a goal's ineffective and I think, you know, like what we said, when there's no plan, when they are the whole sort of vague, you know, kind of goal, um, I want to get fit or I'm going to be healthy, you know, <laughs> and so it's vague and or even if it's not vague, as you said, if there's no plan associated with it as well, um, it's, it's way less likely to, to happen and be effective.
1: Yeah, and, and if there's too many goals, you know, how many times have you heard that person say, I'm going to, um, and and you know they do this when they come to health coaches. You know, I'm going to fix everything in my life. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to start exercising every morning at six a.m. Um, I'm going to drink two liters of water. Um, I'm going to bed at ten a ten p.m. Um, I'm not watching Netflix. I'm limiting my social media, and you know, we never let someone who is trying to do everything. We, you know, as, as a coach, we support them to prioritize. What they want to start with, because we know that if someone has too many goals, it's not going to lead to success. Um, They're going to fail and they're going to lose confidence. But they, you know, they were setting something up, they were setting themselves up for failure because what they were trying to take on really wasn't achievable anyway. There's an expression uh, goal competition, and so all your goals are competing
0: with each other for your focus and for your attention. And you're trying to achieve something over there and something over there and something over there. And we know in life, like when we really want to achieve something, we need to laser focus on it. And this happens with my clients as well. We really kind of isolate either one goal or it potentially can be two goals. We just see where they're at. But really, do we go beyond that? And we're we're checking in the whole time um, with the goals. And when the goals start to feel like they're almost second nature is when we say, you know, are we ready to look at another goal now? Because I know that if we move on too soon, and this has happened with, with clients that might have been like, oh, yeah, I think I do want to work on this now because I haven't addressed meditation yet or, or the diet yet. And then we'll check in a few weeks down the track. And the other goal, maybe the exercise goals, dropped off because they've been focusing on the meditation and the you know the, the dietary goal. Um, and we'll have a conversation So, say, do we need to go back that to, to solidify it? Or you're happy to focus on these goals now, knowing that that one's not really bedded down yet. And often they'll go back to that goal and bed it down. But that's the whole, it's the interesting process of when you, fo- you spread your focus and you haven't bedded down a goal and it hasn't become a habit, um, then it's not, you know, it's not guaranteed to to uh, be sustainable. You just stick with it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we check in sometimes with clients as well about how realistic a goal seems. Um, you know that that person who says I'm, you know, starting starting on Monday, I'm going to get up at every day at six a.m. and go to the gym, and you know they haven't exercised for years. So then the role of a coach can be to say, and how realistic does that feel for you, um, given everything else that's going on in your life, or um, you know what might come up that might get in the way. And so when we when we help we help our clients, you know, not only stop the goal competition, but also narrow down to something that feels realistic. It almost gives them permission sometimes to start small and build um, because sometimes I think we also have very hopeful goals which are much too big for us and we really want to do them and, and, you know, and the, the job of a coach can be to help scale those down at times so that we know that we set our clients up for success.
0: Yeah, and, and you get clients that come in really excited, like they're like, I'm starting, you know, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and, yeah, and our role is not to diminish that excitement, but it's to say, like, okay, so, yeah, you'd really love to be going to the gym seven days a week. The moment you haven't been at all, um, what would what would be a good start and what would you like to, you know, we, we sort of map it out in terms of what would be a success success, um, Compared to where you are right now, you know, and and we, you know, we we do keep in mind that the, the ultimate goal, your ultimate goal, is to be going seven days a week. But what would be a I guess a marker of success, even you know, <laughs> that's a little bit smaller than that. Um, and you might you know have a, a client say, oh well, oh I'd love to at least have gone, you know, on the weekend. And then you know you start to actually just break it down, and so we we in that way you haven't got a client feeling like they've failed because they haven't. Hit the gym seven days a week from zero, um, but you haven't also said, "Oh, that's unrealistic, seven days a week." Um, so you're, you're honouring honouring their excitement and their motivation, but you're also your role as a coach is to is to also make sure that that clients' the goals are realistic and that they can come back and feel um, like confident and and hopeful that they can keep continuing on with their success and their goals.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we know that. Clients often come in with one goal and maybe, you know, coaching is about seeing clients over a period of time and that goal might change. And it might even change from the start of the consultation to the end of the consultation where they come in and they really want to talk about one thing, but actually they start talking about something else and they discover that there's something that's more pressing that they need to work on, you know, for example, maybe they, you know, the whole, they wanted to um, start going to the gym, but they realize they can't go to the gym until they sort out their sleep routine because every morning the alarm goes off at 6am and they just hit snooze because they're so exhausted because they watch Netflix till the wee hours of the morning. So, so sometimes goals shift and that's, that's okay. That they are fluid.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the nature of a coach. We need to be flexible and we need to respect the fact that goals are fluid Um, I've sometimes seen coaches hook on to the first thing that the clients have said. So the clients have set a particular goal and then the conversation has started to evolve and they've come back to that original goal. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can check in with that and say, is this goal still relevant? But sometimes we need to really go with the client and see how it's evolving and what might be, as you said, the underlying uh, actual you know need or goal that they need to address first. So and this can happen so this can happen in that first sort of dis- consultation where it's self discovery and you know awareness of what they actually really need to work on first in order to achieve that ultimate optimal vision of themselves or you know obviously over time when you're catching up with clients goals can shift other things can become more important they can start to realize things about themselves that actually maybe um maybe it wasn't meditation that i wanted to do it actually was um, more about being more relaxed and you know taking some self-care in a different way Um, and so so our role as a coach is to go with that check in um explore deeper um we, we we will always hook a client back to maybe what that optimal vision is that overarching goal Um, but know that sometimes that can even change um,
1: as well as those little sub-goals underneath. Yeah. So the reason we are talking about goals is because it is that time of year. There are um, the year is coming to a close and a lot of people start to think, what do I want for next year? You know, what do I not want any more of? What needs to change in my life? And we get the whole news resolutions And news resolutions, most people have forgotten the news resolution by the time it is January 31st. So we thought we would share some tips about how if you are the type of person who sets a news resolution or if you're supporting clients who are coming to you with this, you know, new me, new year, new me type of um, thought process, how can you support them and how can you support yourself to really set a goal for 2024 that is going to stick? and be successful for you.
0: So these are our hot tips. (laughs) So to get away from that whole, I want to be fit this year, or I want to be healthy, or I'm not drinking, which is those New Year's Eve goals. Um, Firstly, define what you want or support your client to define what they want and why it matters. So look at that big picture of what you or your client wants their life to look like that optimal version of themselves. And two, then create a specific behavioural goal that will help you or your client to achieve a desired outcome. And then three, map out all the steps needed in order to achieve that behavioural goal. So that includes preparing for those setbacks, you know, those what-if plans, um, the reminders, the scheduling, uh, how you're going to track progress and goals and
1: accountability. Absolutely. So goals that matter with an action plan, a really clear roadmap to how you're going to achieve it is really the secret. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or a colleague and hop over onto our website, accreditedhealthcoaching.com.au, where we've got information about our courses and we also have a free webinar that you can download.